Post Game Beers podcast brought to you by our good friends over at Hell's Half Acre Stadium Goods. Uh, we're going to hear more about that a little bit later on, but uh, I'm looking forward to uh, buying some of their frog ball stuff already uh, because they got some sweet stuff, including a pretty awesome koozie. Uh, we are the Lupton Drinking Club. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us live. If you're here tonight, we appreciate a couple of the folks already chiming in in the chat. Uh, we are live on YouTube. Uh, hit that subscribe button, if you will, to Lupton Drinking Club on YouTube. Uh, we're also on everything else, as you guys know, uh, Lupton Beers on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, the talk, uh, we'll put one of those up every six months or so. So uh, subscribe to that as well. Uh, I'm your host, Kyle Malloy at YellMK. Uh, on Twitter, joined by my co-host Jacob Sailors at JD Sailors. We've got our producer, Crazy Ray Cartwright. We've got the Sultan of Stat, Martin Guerrero, and of course, uh, the horse meme god himself, Garrett Evans. Uh, but Jacob, uh, we're a little bit late tonight, and I've heard dozens of complaints already in the chat from our audience about uh, <laughs> uh, why why we started so late. So yeah. can, you, can you take a second to describe your tardiness? Yeah, first of all, sorry about the late start, guys. Uh, thanks for bearing with me. Second of all, when did Dos Equis stop being twist-offs? Am I crazy? This Those thing's just, man. yeah, it's just circling around on top. I can't get my beer open, so I don't know <laughs> if we can start. No, all right, all right, all right. So here's what happened. So last night, um, well, yesterday afternoon, I, actually, my brother wanted to do like a super sports Sunday up at my dad's place in Pottsboro, Texas, right? Because we had, you know, um, the Rangers game followed by the Cowboys game. One of those games was good, but regardless, my brother thought it'd be fun if we all got together and watched the games and, you know, took the kids, my nieces and nephews fishing beforehand and all that good stuff. So I'm coming home from Pottsboro, Texas after the Cowboy game. And I have, I'm in the middle lane. I have two cars surrounding me, one to my left, one to my right. And in the road about, it's probably about 10 yards away by the time I see it is this large piece of metal uh, debris. And I said, looks like it's time to prepare for impact because it's pretty much my only choice. So I just hope for the best. I slam into it and immediately my tire is shredded. So I'm 40 miles from my dad's place, 40 miles from my apartment, like dead square in the middle of the drive. And so I hobble over to the Bucky's in Melissa off 75. And (laughs) so... I, I go to change my tire. I get the tire changed. And the spare tire is flat. Ouch. Yeah. Hell yeah. So at this point, I didn't really know what to do except leave my car there in the Bucky's parking lot overnight. And so I took an Uber home, uh, worked from home today because I didn't feel like taking the train to work. But uh, hold on, Jacob, you couldn't air up the tire at Bucky's. Okay, good. Yes, good question. I did try that. Um, it was not taking in any air. I put the little nozzle into the you know the little tube thing and nothing, nothing. It was just dead flat. So I was out of ideas. I said, This is a tomorrow problem. Well, um, God bless Tiffany because she was off today. I uh met up with her and she drove me up to. You know, I, I I left my apartment. I put my wallet and my keys in my bag, my computer bag, because I wanted to work, you know, kind of on the way and stuff because it was in the middle of the afternoon. But she drove me up to the Bucky's, and my plan was to drive, like, on the hobbled tire five miles south to the discount tire. So we get up there, and I'm like, all right, yeah, just turn your flashes on, follow behind me. I'm going to be driving pretty slow. Reach in my bag, no keys. No keys. Lovely. No keys. 80 miles from my apartment, no keys. So, um, yeah, my driver was not too pleased at this um, part of the story. So, but she she drove drives me back. We're approaching rush hour traffic at this point. You get back to my apartment, and keys aren't in my apartment. Uh, we eventually ended up down at the, the uh, leasing office. And we asked anybody to turn in some keys. And they were, were oh, yeah. they in a bathroom stall? No. The keys were, they fell out of my bag at some point, like coming down the stairs or something, because they had them in the apartment, um, the, the leasing office. It's like, okay, well, this absolutely sucks. We're now like two hours into this trip and we've gone backwards. Now we have to go back from my apartment way up back to Melissa. Now we're, it's like rush hour. So we're sitting on the tollway, dead traffic. Um, 
yeah, we finally get up there and it's like, it's like 6.30 at this point. We let, we started this thing at like 2.30. So we're now like four hours into this journey. Did you consider putting one of those fake cop sirens on top of your car and say, I've got a pod. Let's go. Yeah. Well, so here's the thing. At this point, I wasn't even like starting to consider that I would be late for the podcast because I left my apartment originally at like 2.30, 3 o'clock. I thought that'd be plenty of time. Well, yeah. So I get, get to my car. Um, I start the journey and it's just, dude, have you ever driven without a, a, like on a flat tire? It's the most nerve wracking thing you can do. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just like hobbling, hobbling along. I'm going about 10 to 15 miles an hour down the access road. And I'm looking at the map and they're like, Oh yeah, your ETA is like two minutes. It took me like 20 minutes to go like four and a half miles down the road. And the farther I went, the more that car was hobbling because the the rim was bending. So I was starting to drive like I was on a like in a car, like a Canadian South Park car with like square tires. So finally dropped the car off, got it, got in there um, five minutes before close. So I was able to like, you know, get in the rundown, drop the key off and everything. So my car is now up in McKinney, Texas. And God bless Tiffany for driving all the like we could have drove pretty much to Austin with all the miles we put in our car today. Happy, so happy yeah, Monday, Jacob. Dude, the worst day. The, I mean, peak stress levels. I couldn't sleep last night, just mm. knowing I was going to have to deal with this today. And then I just made it worse by letting the keys fall out of my computer bag. Just a total disaster of a day. So Thanks. yes, that is my way of taking. And another 15 minutes of the podcast to say, sorry for being late. Well, you seem about as prepared as TCU football was to play football. <laughs> oh, segue. That's, that's, that's a transition right there. We are truly, we are truly professionals. <laughs> anyway, well, that's my story. What do you think? Since she's an Arkansas fan, uh, you might have to call the hogs as a tribute. to. to- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if she wants me calling the hogs right now. She was a, she was a good trooper about it, but you can understand the frustration. <laughs> You got to go to AutoZone and get one of them guns that inflates your tires. Yeah, I don't think there was any saving this tire. There's no telling how old it is or what it's been through in the past. Because Hopefully like, the rim's not totally effed beyond redemption. Well, so that's the thing. I left the spare on there. So if that got effed up, I'm not really that concerned about it. My, my concern was like the axle or like the mm-hmm. wheel mount itself. But I think I'm okay. I think I'm okay. They'll let me know tomorrow. So Thoughts and also prayers. Thoughts and also Dude, horrible, horrible. I'm going to go back to no car life. Mm. Um, Get quite, your bike. So, so speaking yeah. of all sports weekend, quite a weekend uh, for you guys, kind of some downs and, and an up um, yeah. without going into details about TCU, about the Cowboys, about the Rangers. How, what's your mental state fellas? How are we doing? Dude, I am, I'm feeling great. I'm just, uh, Kind of blinders on, enjoying enjoying the end of this baseball season. Uh, what no 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 other sports are on right now. It's just playoff baseball. That that's it. That's all I have to worry about. <laughs> Brother, I'm riding high. We got good volleyball. Uh, an epic match yesterday. TCU and Texas Tech and soccer didn't come out the frogs' way, but you know those girls are playing good. Hell yeah! No, the Rangers have been fun to watch, man. They're mowing through these playoffs. So it's because of, of Creed. Um, Creed I, I, I don't know how much time we have to talk about other games around the Big 12, but my God, that the Red River shootout was one of I mean, there's been some good ones. That's one of the best ones. Yeah. Best, best, best game of the weekend by so far. Yeah. Best, best game of the weekend. I mean, that was just so much fun. I was, I was actually looking forward to, I mean, all day games, right? We had Bam and AM. Thought that would be a little bit more interesting. It was okay, but um, I don't think the I don't think anything lived up to the hype after that. After that 11 a.m. Uh, Red River shootout, it was. Y'all seeing awesome. this? I'm twisting this beer top. Is Nothing not is happening. Though. You need a bottle opener. They, so I thought Dos Equis were twist offs. Am I crazy? And Jacob's man card between this yeah. tire situation and not <laughs> being what was I supposed beer? to do about the tire? <laughs> Have just have such soft, soft and petite hands. <laughs> I'm about to use my finger to open the beer. So. Those uh, lotiony Dallas hands. So yes, soft yeah, hands. Yeah, I'd be fucking right. Jesus. <laughs> I gotta stop getting. I gotta stop getting my daily manicures. 
Uh, MK, Kyle, whenever watching uh, the Red River shootout, were you just enamored with the play calling from both sides offensively? It was really impressive. Um, it looked, it looked like, uh, it felt like a little bit, you know, TCU last year, where you're like, this is going to be successful. You have confidence that whatever they're going to throw out there is going to be successful. Um, Sark was, he was uh, a genius. I mean, and and obviously Oklahoma did great too, but I feel like that was more Gillen uh, or Dylan Gabriel than it was necessarily a play calling. And him pulling a bunch of crap out of his ass and and just making stuff happen, you know. Did you like the uh, tight mm-hmm. shots of Dylan Gabriel's bloodied finger just dripping blood all over the place? Was that his throwing hand or was it the other one that got hit? No, his other hand. Yeah, still pretty awesome. Very did y'all cool see? Uh, did y'all see Dak hurt his finger yesterday too? Oh, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't really oh, care about Dak. Oh, I don't really no. care about that. But he was trying he was trying to open a Bud Light. For those of y'all who listen <laughs> for those of y'all who listen to the ticket, they do the fake fake Jerry Jones every Monday morning. And that and today they had him saying, um, did y'all see Dak? He hurt his middle finger. Well, not to worry, because I gave him mine. <laughs> 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 well, do we want to talk football and uh, and knock this out? Let's keep it short. All right. Frogs traveled yeah. Ames, uh, best known for their nationally acclaimed hit, uh, hooray for Ames, uh, to take on the Iowa State Cyclones. Frogs were favored by, let's see, maybe a touchdown or so. Uh, right out the gate, I felt like it was a weird game. Uh, TCU's first two drives ended with an interception, followed by a failed fourth down conversion on the third drive that led to a Cyclones touchdown. It just, at, at you know, the entire first half was weird. They they go in down 10 to 7. But at this point, uh, Ray and I um, had another date night um, enjoying the game together. I think we both still had faith. Uh, you know, what could what could possibly go wrong in the second half? But So, um, hold on. Let me, let me ask you a question. At this point, so they, I think um, before even before halftime, TCU had turned it over on their first four possessions. Am I right? I think they scored on their fourth, possibly, but they did have a punt it's, blocked, which led to more points. I, I seem to remember. I I need to pull up. I have the, that uh, safe. I have that safe somewhere. What, where's the? Uh, I'm gonna pull up the drive, but I know they they went interception, <laughs> interception, right? And then right. yep. Then it was what Jamie what? Jamie tweeted out that breakdown of their last like X amount of drives. Yeah, it was just a comedy of errors. It made me laugh really, really hard. Early. Yeah. So inter- but, so first two interceptions. They, yeah, they gave okay. on the third on the third drive. They gave it up on downs at midfield, which led to more points. That's what it was. Yes. So that's a turnover, right? There's no difference if you lose if you go for it on fourth down, and you don't convert. What's the difference between that and fumbling? Yeah. There's no difference. There's no difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there was that, and then they had, I believe, the uh, block kick, right? Yeah. But I think. It's- didn't Iowa State was, lose like ten points off those four turnovers? Correct. I'm looking at the last eight, the last those last eighteen drives, and I guess starting with this game, so two missed field goals were in the end of West Virginia. Then we have INT, INT turnover on downs, so it's through three possessions. Yeah, possession four touchdown, then okay. kick, then blocked kick, and then kick some more and kick some okay, more. Okay, so maybe I was point, thinking again. To your point, four, all ten four points turnover, came yeah. off. All ten points came off turnovers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. So, you're, so what you were? Why I stopped you there is because you said you and Ray were still optimistic. You should be. If you play that bad you, of execution football, and and it's not like you know they were just getting killed on offense. They were moving the ball really well. They just kept shooting themselves in the foot. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you should be optimistic at halftime. But damn, the wheels fell off. Um, hilarious halftime show, a bunch of T-Rexes running out, blow up T-Rexes. That was pretty, that was pretty awesome. Uh, nice little, nice little start to the second half until early in the third mm-hmm. quarter, Chandler Morse goes down. We've got, uh, is it Richard freshman? Is he a freshman? Josh Hoover taking over. Um, TC would not score again until one minute and 17 seconds left in the game. They lose, uh, embarrassing fashion, 27 to 14. Frogs end with four interceptions total. One of those was thrown by J.P. Richardson for whatever reason. Jeez. Um, and okay. then, you know, so and, and Jacob, go ahead and fill any major details on the yeah, game. Yeah, so I want to just ask, did you guys stick with the entire game? So yeah. the bitter end. Yeah, we watched the whole thing. Uh, for me, I bailed after the Josh Hoover 
interception. I said, this is comedy hour. And and here's why. Mm-hmm. Here's why. Because Fake fan, dude. No, no, <laughs> Get no, off no, my no. pod. We purple and bleed out. My the, reason, the reason I bailed is because I saw as a team, not everybody, but as a team, guys who had some things go against them and then decide not to play as even half as hard as they should have played. Not that they totally quit, but they definitely lost a lot of motivation to play that game. So I lost a lot of motivation to continue watching it. I I, I can't say I disagree with that. I, but since you stopped watching it, you may have missed, which again, this doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. I thought it was very interesting. Every time Josh Hoover came to the sideline, he had he had teammates coming up to him, you know, uh, whether he made a mistake or not, just kind of slapping him, giving him high fives, trying to, you know, hit his helmet to say, hey, we got you, we got you. So it yeah. looked like, the team was buying into him and saying, Hey, we got your back. But then there was no execution on that. Mm-mm. It just, you know, I tweeted out, you know, cause you hear this quote all the time, be the most excited team to play. So I tweeted that quote with a big red X next to it. Cause even if you want to say like, okay, there was nothing wrong with TCU's effort. It didn't even come close to matching the effort. Those guys on the other side of the field. Mm-hmm. They were not. Yeah. That's was a, not the that's most a fair point. To play. Iowa State was very, very excited to play the other night. I mean, Jack Trice night, night game in Ames. They were they were definitely up. But I mean, to, to your point, I I don't think it was a lack of our guys being energized. I think it's just back to what we've talked about now a couple times, and that is just execution. Martin, so, do you think they were excited uh, because of the uniforms they were wearing? Um. Iowa State or Ames College or whatever you want to call them. I mean, damn. The dude, they, I, I can't believe we lost to a team that looks like they're not wearing pants. <laughs> yeah, I like the uh, the tweets of – someone tweeted a, a group shot of uh, Iowa State players together and then blurred out around their crotches, so it really <laughs> made it look like they are wearing no pants. I mean, Iowa State was definitely more – I guess, proud of playing football on Saturday because, I mean, and something like that, yeah, for sure. Jack Trice, you know, um, commemorating his uh, sacrifice on the field, that's definitely something to to get up for. But, damn, I'm really surprised that pretty much everybody but Amani Bailey really looked like they want to play football. I did did call out Amani Bailey for, to me, he was our most energetic player best player on the field for us. Um, so, okay. Yeah, so the no, whole so energy you know thing reminded, reminded me of the, uh, I'll, I'll speak to this real quick. So a couple weeks ago, about a month ago, I interviewed Gracie Bryan from TCU soccer. And they just came off a really disappointing loss to Butler, a game they shouldn't have lost. And the offense was struggling. And when I talked to her, she said that you have to want to die for a goal to go out there and die for that goal and that they weren't doing that at the time. And, you know, since that time they rattled off six straight wins until Sunday. So you look at this TCU football team, especially those wide receivers, they're not wanting to die for that extra yard for the ball. I mean, a lot of Dalen Wright, one hand up to try to make a catch. I mean, the effort is, it's, it's not awful. where it needs to be. And it wouldn't be as big of a talking point if it wasn't the third time this year already. Mm-hmm. Dude, for real. And, you know, people, like, does it go back to coaching? Like, which which, which is it, right? Is it coaching? Are they not prepared? Or are they just not wanting to receive that coaching? I, I just I don't, don't know if coaching know can really make you want to put in that you know, that extra, extra gear, mm-hmm. you know? So you guys mentioned Imani Bailey, 21 carries for 152 yards, couple receptions as well. Was there anybody else on the team defensive wise, maybe, or um, any, anybody else that stood out as a positive? Nothing. I remember. I mean, they don't really throw it to fig. So it's kind of hard to tell. The defense was playing pretty well overall early on. And, I but to, to me, it just looked like when things started yeah. going wrong, they were like, well, Guess we're not going to win tonight. What's the point in trying in the second half? Mm-hmm. I think the drive after Chandler 
uh, got hurt, they kind of just tapped out because that was what like uh, like a deep throw down the middle, and then uh, and then they let the the guy run in for a long touchdown. Yeah, I mean, if you're a defender, how many times can you be put in a bad position before it catches up to you? Right? You're like, we're starting at the 40-yard line again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't man. think uh, Griffin Kell missed a field goal this game. Yeah, uh, I don't think he had one. He had a couple extra points. Um, <laughs> so they rushed for over 200 yards on the day against TCU. It's got to be, I mean, outside of Colorado, um, they had been holding a lot of teams to under their rushing totals. Colorado yeah. only rushed for like 50 yards. Oh, that's right. For, yeah. It was yeah, all, yeah, yeah. It was all no. 500 passing. They um, didn't really have any attempts, though. Read that Read that comment, MK. Yeah. So Michael Lambert uh, joins the chat. Thanks for uh, being here, uh, Micah. Uh, I was really thinking this team would have a huge chip on their shoulder this year. After six abysmal quarters of football, I don't think they can. Yeah, it's starting to look that way, and I agree with him. Yeah, it's shocking. Uh, I well, think all of us went into this year expecting that that chip to be there. And, yeah, you know, uh, prove you're just I looking at a team. It looks they look pretty low energy right now. They do. It's. I mean, we've now lost three games in which you were heavily favored in all three, mm-hmm. and you have another one this week. Before the, I, I don't even know what to even make of the rest of the schedule at this point. You know, OU and Texas are going to be tough. You don't know what kind of team you're going to get up in Manhattan or in Lubbock. But right now, man, I mean, how if we had to play Baylor this week, how confident would you feel? Pretty, pretty confident. Com- pretty not confident. as confident as we should feel, right? Exactly. Pretty confident exactly. that we will win, but yeah. not confident that we should blow them out like we should. Exactly. No, so more like we a have BYU. We go in and win ugly. That type of deal. Yeah. We have BYU. We opened as five, five point favorites, I think. I think it's like three and- now. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Um, but you had TCU fans pointing out that line saying, what the hell is Vegas thinking? <laughs> <laughs> it's already moving towards BYU. Yeah. Um, from the chat way earlier, Travis Fueling asked, uh, what happen- What has to happen from here on out uh, for the season to end with less heartburn? And he finishes it with sweeping Baylor, Texas, and OU, question mark. Uh, keep it up, guys. Uh, I, I, think, I think Travis, that – would actually turn kind of what we're feeling right now into probably the, the best possible success of a season you could come out with. But I, I don't see how that's even, that's possible to, to be, uh, if you, if you took one of Texas and OU, you could count this season successful at this point. But so we talked about it last week after losing to West Virginia, does this now become a just beat your rival season? You know? Mm-hmm. So if it's I told you right now, is. if I told you right now that, the only games we would win for the rest of the year are Kansas State, Baylor, and Texas Tech. Would you take it? It gets you to bowl eligible. I think that's the most reasonable outcome. Yeah. That that uh, actually yeah, BYU, good options. Like the most be- practical, hey, this team could actually do that. I, I right now, based on that, I mean, I know that it was two good teams, and sometimes you can't tell, but that Red River rival, like that shootout. The frogs have, in their current state, have no chance against either one of those squads. And we're not even really factoring in yet the quarterback situation, which I know we'll talk about more. But just on the surface, and and Ray, you started to kind of shrug your shoulders at BYU, but are you really confident that they're going to beat BYU right now? No, but I think BYU is a worse team than Kansas State. Are they a worse team than Iowa State? I know. The point is – Texas Tech. No, right. That's the point. Is not quality of teams. It's those are your rivals. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you're just going to win those games, you get six wins, you get a bowl, and you beat your rivals. You beat you beat SMU, you beat K State, you beat Baylor, you beat Texas Tech. Sure. Then let's have fun in the Armed Forces Bowl. Let's party at home. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, so how confident are you? We're going to make a bowl right now. Yeah, Man. not confident at all. Um, not. Not few, comfy. Few Here's questions. the thing. I said this last week, and I'll say it again. I think TCU can beat anyone on their schedule. The change is I now think they can lose to anyone on their schedule. A um, couple questions about Chandler in the chat. Um, but real quick, uh, Ray, can you comment on kind of what you heard about his injury today? 
Yeah, so it's an MCL sprain, the same injury he had last year. All right, so he's done. No, not entirely. Oh, uh, <laughs> it'll be, they'll say week to week. It'll probably be a month, but that month is a little generous because if it's a month, right at a month, is a short week at Texas Tech. I just don't see him playing on a short week. I think they'll give him the extra week. I would assume Texas would be your return date for Chandler Morris if things if things go to plan. Unless Josh is just slinging it, that would be interesting. Um, <laughs> I, I don't I don't know if we want to talk Josh Hoover right now. He looked pretty lost uh, in that second half. Yeah, obviously. I thought he looked okay. Uh, they let him uncork it. A couple mm-hmm. of deep balls. Uh, you need you need your receiver to go make a play. Hey, Inspector Peck, I think professionals get paid. So if you want to start paying me, I'll do whatever you want. And he means bars. <laughs> yeah, for the audio only, there's a comment in here that says, shut up, Jacob, be professional. No idea what that's referring to or if he's even serious, but yeah, sure, pay me. Start paying me. I'll, I'll be professional. <laughs> Do your hey, job, Jacob. So let's. I, I feel like we we can we don't really we can table the Chandler chat for now because he's going to be out for a while. Um, yeah, I just I just don't know if it's worth it breaking down his game and kind of the the, the lack of success he had. Whether well, I could break it, was, it down, it wasn't good. There, the no, end. it was bad. Yeah. Um, so Hoover but, comes in. What do we know about Josh besides well, not having much playing time so far? The only thing I know about him is what I heard out of fall camp, which right now I can't trust a single word that I heard in fall. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Yeah, everything was him. rosy coming out of fall. Yeah, they loved him <laughs> in practice. They were talking him up like, oh, man, he's so good. We got such a good backup. Mm-hmm. He's so good he made that uh, Oregon State kid quit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, imagine that kid, how, how he's feeling right now. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, Jacob, I want to I want to follow up on that comment about what we were hearing from fall camp. And um, the thing is, and I hear you and I actually, I agree with you. However, the people we were hearing that from aren't typically the TCU will win every game crowd. Um, Or at least from my experience, I I don't remember, you know, uh, you know, other podcasts or whatever, really going into details about, Hey, you know, TCU can win every game, uh, you know, plan, you know, buy your Sugar Bowl tickets or anything. Right. So when they said that and mm-hmm. said 10 and two is the basement that I, I kind of took it to heart and I'm like, wow, there must be something really different about this team. So, yes. And in regards to that, um, yes, we heard great things from very reliable sources, but you got to keep in mind what they see is kind of only the individual drills and what they were basing a lot of their own personal views on were was the extreme amount of athleticism on the team like athleticism that they've never seen from any tcu team in any year okay now the other part that influences their predictions is what the coaches are telling them about what's going on behind closed doors so when they're hearing positive things coming out of there they're saying okay this mixed with what i see from you know individual drills and whatnot like seven on seven stuff yeah this is going to be a really special team so i think some of those sources are now saying, yeah, I'm going to have to take with a grain of salt what I hear from some of these coaches going forward. Do you think that changed from the Patterson era to Sonny Dykes where the the, the amount of information given to those guys is a little bit different or maybe but, more? Well, yeah, yeah. So let me let me say this too. I don't think the coaches were purposely misleading um, you know, the guys on the inside. I think were they're they? as dumbfounded as we are. I think the coaches are as dumbfounded as we are. I think some of it was purposeful misleading. You think so? Why? I think, um, you know, you remember way back early in the off season, Mm -hmm. the athletic did this rosy piece on Chandler Morris. Okay. Really fluffing him up. You don't think that was on purpose? Chandler's been really good up until this game. He was like, dude, he was like second in the big 12 in QBR. He had he like the most passing against, against West Virginia. He, at times he wasn't. At times he was. At times a lot of it wasn't even his fault when he's running for his life at the snap every single drop back. Yeah, I mean, in that game, 
that their the offensive line was just non-existent. So I, I don't know how much of that you can put on a on a quarterback, let alone coaching decisions. I think he's a perfect example of somebody that you could find um, you could find stats that that pump him up and make him look really good. GBR is a could, pretty reliable one. I'm just saying, but you can also look at specific plays or throws or whatever that. Oh yeah. You know, you're like, mm-hmm. what is he thinking here? Yeah, you know? for sure. No doubt. That, that's going to be with any quarterback. Like, what did you watch Quinn Ewers in Dallas? I mean, yeah. I mean, whenever you watch uh, Chandler Morris with the eye, what does your eye tell you? Is your eye telling you you're getting elite quarterback play? I never said anything about elite, but. Well, you said second in the conference. Well, that, yeah. So like, who would you who, who's better than him? Do you, would you take Will Howard over Chandler right now? He's stinking up the joint. Would you take anything from Oklahoma State, Baylor, West Virginia? Like who are you taking over Chandler Morris? A healthy Chandler Morris. Give me Jason Bean and let's ride. <laughs> <laughs> why why does the offense suck so bad in the red zone? Well, which uh, I thought um Parker did a good explanation on that last week. Talking about how the field shortens up, you know, defenders, you, you can't get guys in space as easy. Um, you're, when you're not executing the place to perfection and you're in those tight windows, you know, things go awry. One of my favorite comments, this was last week uh, from um, a Baylor account that I follow. He summed it up nicely. He said a KB offense can get you 30 yards when you don't need it but can't get you three when you do. Saw a lot of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily know if we want to go into the, you know, offensive coordinator chat by any means. I'm just, you know, I think it's definitely a mix of nah. some poor quarterback play, some uh, questionable calls, uh, the field tightening up, not having, the, you know, the space. And you and, need your receiver to make a freaking play. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. Corey Wren, how about not stumble and trip over your own feet? And catch a ball and walk into the end zone. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting comment from the chat. John Renan says uh, Chandler Morse is a great high school quarterback, but not college. That that seems that that might be accurate. I could see him slinging it, <clears throat> which he did. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still pretty high on Chandler. Obviously, it doesn't even matter now because we he probably won't even play again this year. So. Who's, who's the quarterback? Just, um, who's somebody the quarterback did ask. Does anybody have the Twitter questions up? Because I, I did do. one. Okay, read the one about going into next year. Uh, Baxton Garza at Baxtog uh, asked, with the Chandler injury, injury, do we think Hoss Haney will start next year as a true freshman, or do we find a transfer portal QB with experience? Have you guys watched any Hoss Haney? Yes. Motherfucker is elite. I, oh, I know. It's just high school. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, that dude don't blah, miss. Blah, blah. That dude oh. doesn't miss. But he fits this offense to a T. Yeah. And assuming it'll be the same offense next year. It's gonna be. (laughs) There's no way. I was half joking. There's no way they're gonna get rid of (laughs) Bryles. But uh you know I went out and watched him. I went out and watched Toss. I watched uh I watched about three quarters before we ended up leaving. But I mean, you can just tell that dude is playing at a level of football he doesn't belong in right now. Yeah. Like he could be playing college right now. Do you remember? Okay. So, so obviously I'm no like high school scout, but you know, really good when you see really good. Do you remember when, all right. So we had Sean Robinson, four star Martin and I went and watched him in the state playoffs. Martin, what was our takeaway after watching Sean Robinson? The other quarterback for Cedar Hill was better. (laughs) Sean Robinson would, he would it would like he would drop back to throw, miss miss his receiver twice, and then on third down run it for 65 yards for a touchdown. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> I, we literally I, left and we're like, damn, that Cedar Hill quarterback's better. And the yeah. motherfucker went to Notre Dame and tra- uh fucking moved to wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we walked we walked out of that saying, I hope, I hope uh Meacham and those guys know what they're doing because I'm not impressed with Sean Robinson at all. Yeah. The last time I watched the TCU commit play high school quarterback. He shredded every ligament in his leg on the first drive of the season. Uh, Justin Rogers. Justin Rogers. Yeah, that 
Boy, that. So going back to the question, which we never answered. Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, I just wanted to. Start off <laughs> does does Haas Haney fun. does Haas Haney have a chance to start? Of course he does. It based on yeah, the, you know if, based on their current quarterback I, room. Now I think I, it would be a huge disservice for them not to look for a transfer quarterback yeah. as well. Yeah, I think yeah, I think Haas is going to be the he's going to start the most games next year, and it's going to be because of Kendall Bryles. Yeah, because that's our that's like his first recruit. Yeah, he already ran off uh, Davila. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really excited for Haas. I hate this for Chandler, though, man. That, the kid can't catch a break. By all accounts, he's a really, really good dude. He went through a lot last year. You know, we've talked about it endlessly on the pod. And he gets hurt again. It sucks. Some people but, are just snake bitten. Yeah, I'm surprised he survived that leaky offensive line. And it was another like soft tissue injury. They did change it up this week. They moved Coleman back out to left tackle, moved Coker over to right tackle, which is probably how it should have been to start the. the that's what we thought it was going to be. Uh, Patrick Willis Patrick was right guard, and then they rotated uh, left guard. Did that make a difference compared to the WVU? They moved they all really. Yeah, mm-hmm. they moved. Well, the that's that is. They were that really GD2 good. Saying that's way more in line with how it looks like on the depth chart mm-hmm. um, going into the season. That's yeah. much more like what we were expecting to see. This game, they were able to run the ball really well. You were I mean, able to get Amani to the second level at least. It looked better than West Virginia, where guys were just camping out in the in the. In the backfield, all game. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Hey, MK, let's rapid fire some Twitter questions if we have them, and then um, let's say baseball. Yeah, I think we should actually transition um, to baseball okay. right now. Some of the some of the questions we can kind of work in throughout because they're actually about that. Okay, uh, go for it. But Jacob, real quick, um, I don't know if you want to break down um, our our sponsor, Hell's Half Acre. Oh shoot! Yeah. Well, no, I guess I should, but I, I didn't get to do a sneaky ad read. No problem. Um, yeah. yeah, we'll just do a straightforward one. So, yeah. Hey, you. Jacob, this weekend's homecoming. <laughs> you know, you need a you need a yeah. fresh fit for homecoming. Fit, yeah, for BYU. Yeah, if you're um, if you're fired up for BYU and you need a fresh outfit, go to Hell's Half Acre SG. That stands for Hell's Half Acre Stadium Goods. Uh, go check out. They have new arrivals all the time. Uh, it seems like every week when we do the pod, I'll just pull up the website. Boom, another line of new arrivals. Got some really cool stuff on there. Um, Steven's a great dude. Go go support his business. Pick up a case of Hell's Half Lager as well. Uh, proceeds from that go to the um, the Flying Tea Club, which is the NIL collective. So, yeah, go support our good friends at Hell's Half Acre Stadium Goods. If you're embarrassed to, to wear a football uh, shirt this weekend, there's a pinstripe Diamond Frogs T-shirt that's half off. It's at $17. I think that's a steal. So There you go. All right. yeah. Thanks, you get you one Acre. of those uh, sharp polos and a six-pack of uh, Hell's Half Lager. You bag hey. you a cougar. Okay, so sponsorship aside, Hell's Half Lager is delicious. It really is. <laughs> it's, it's so like, good. It, it is objectively like, good here. <laughs> Before we get to baseball, I want to show you guys my new my new theory for our new quarterback. Yeah, um, slowly start to begin to describe this new new theory of yours. Sure. So I have this working theory I came up with a few years ago with some buddies. We call it the Swag Theorem. So basically, the Swag Theorem is a scale that denotes the level the level of your player swag versus a level of your football skills slash proficiency. And the idea is you want your swag level to be in line with your foot, your football proficiency level. So you don't want to have too much swag because you have too much swag and not enough talent. You're going to, you're going to be in a bad way, but also if you have a whole bunch of talent, but not enough swag, it has the exact same effect for a quarterback. You're in the max Duggan zone. You're yeah. So, or, or like a, a college max, a college Brock Purdy. All the football talent, apparently, zero swag. Okay, so, so you, where does so Shadur Sanders fit in? So into Max this? Duggan, obviously a very, um, very talented and productive quarterback. He was second in the Heisman, but 
dude had like almost zero swag. So where does he fit? I think I see. I don't agree with that. I think I think okay. Chandler. I think Chandler last year he, he had some Max. swag to him. Max, right? To your question, Shador Sanders would be somewhere in the very very top right of this graph. So he has <laughs> high end football proficiency. Okay, so and he has me, high swag. Yeah. All right. So on the let's see, where do you what do you see? So on the x axis is your quarterback talent, right? Yes. This and line on across the, the middle. That's all that all that middle line is is separating quality versus stinky. So okay. that's all that is. So that's telling me what this graph is telling me through my data and my analytics is mm-hmm. that Josh is sitting up here with a high level of swag, which we've seen, but he also is pretty proficient at football. So he's he's on the plus end of the swag okay. theory. Now the, right. the the downside right there on the backside is the stinky area, and that stinky area is an example of maybe you have a lot of swag but your football proficiency is a little too low. So you said so, would be up in the very top right quadrant, lots of swag, lots of skill. Lots of swag, lots of skill, and so they Caleb, correlate together really, really well. Where would you put Caleb Williams then? Obviously at the top of quarterback play level, but right. does Caleb Williams have swag? I don't – so that's a good question because I, I think I think maybe he, the, he, he thinks he has so much swag – that he actually doesn't have any swag at all. I would like to see you take your graph and then like plot different quarterbacks. You know, pick like pick <laughs> yeah. like fifteen That's, quarterbacks and no, plot them I, in this graph. I really like that. He thinks he has so much swag that he actually doesn't have any swag at all. I, I love think that. that's very well put. That, so that, that so that would put him. So if that would put him, if you go where Josh would be like currently here. is, directly down lower from right. him, lower right, right the, which which would be considered a stinky zone. How much right, does but, the Wendy's commercial take away from Caleb Williams swag? I think it takes away more from uh, the other guy. Who's the other guy who was on there? Liner? Matt Liner? Yeah. It takes away so much from his swag. <laughs> <laughs> he, and that's he all he out, was at USC. He comes out as such a punk on them commercials. And they uh, <laughs> they bow down to Caleb. I think it takes away more from Leinert's swag. That's that's good stuff, Gary. Yeah, let's um let's, let's follow up. With, let's follow up with uh, plotting some examples on that. <laughs> okay, I'll uh, I'll get back in the lab and, and really fine tune my algorithms. Hayden Maxwell <laughs> chimes in. Jacob, people can have swag while not acting like twenty four karat douchebags. Don't go dissing Mad Max. <laughs> All right, hell okay. yeah, Hayden. <laughs> Look, yeah, I might lose this argument. And that's fine, but. I don't know. Max, he's funny to me. I, I love him. But you saw what he wore at like the Heisman weekend. And well, did you see him this weekend? In the oh, same yeah. exact outfit. He was looking so fresh on the sideline. Mm. I think he's had I bet he's had that jacket since high school. He's Probably. just a, the common Midwesterner. That's a dude from Iowa right there. No, that's a that was a really good who was that? Hayden? That was really funny. <laughs> I'll, I'll take the L. Let's jump into what everyone came here for, which is um, for us to sunshine pump y'all with frog ball uh, yeah. content. Um, so on Friday, there was a little inner, inner squad scrimmage. Uh, Martin and Ray, I know you guys were there to attend and kind of watch. Uh, Peyton Tolley, our new transfer from Wichita State, went yard twice. Uh, on Sunday. See, that was uh, on Sunday. Oh, yeah. that was on Sunday. So we have uh, a pitching problem. Curtis Byrne also went yard, so you're 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 correct, Jacob. Um, and we've got a new batter's eye are already paying dividends for those hitters. So, guys, Martin and Ray, what would y'all see from uh, from the frogs? Martin, go. Uh, let's see. Um, Tolly is a beast. Have you seen that guy on the field? He looks like a defensive end playing baseball. Yeah, Martin. What did you tell him when he was in the on deck circle? Has he been offered a spot on the football team to play defensive end? <laughs> they could use him. Yeah, he said he turned him down because <laughs> he, like, he likes to win. He just likes hitting dingers. He looks like yeah. a hoss out there, though, man. Yeah, dude, he's good. Uh, so he hit a double. He was the first like guy to hit a extra base hit on Friday. Um uh, who else looked good? Brunson looked good. The guy who committed late out of California. Yep. He, he was committed to Loyola Marymount. Then yeah. they fired their coaching staff. 
He decommitted. He was drafted by the Blue Jays in the 18th round. Yep. Didn't sign, obviously, and committed to TCU. Yeah, he's a guy to watch out for uh, to play center field. Yeah, he's been playing a lot of center field. Uh, Luke Boyers has play, uh, been playing a lot of right. Yeah, I think the guys that they are looking at to play outfield is Jack Arthur, the transfer from Weatherford. He committed uh, to Texas at a high school, and then he went to JUCO, and then now he's on TCU. Uh, obviously, Logan Maxwell, mm-hmm. uh, Luke Boyers. Mm-hmm. Y'all know Luke Boyers and Luke Maxwell. And then the other guy to watch for is Chase Brunson. Uh, he hit a double pretty much off the wall uh, in left center. Um, Ciro Silva had a, had a double off the wall that was like – a foot away from being a home run. Freshman Cameron Sauce, SOS, uh, went yard. Cademan. Cademan. Cademan Sauce. I thought it was Cameron. Did you guys already talk about the Our potential Cameron. infield? Uh, infield, I think, is pretty pretty locked. Because Jamie, Jamie has a hypothetical lineup that he posted in Horton Fraud Blitz. Okay, um, so he has Jack Basier leading off playing third. Anthony Silva batting second, hitting short. Peyton Tolley, DH. Jack Arthur and right, hitting fourth. Carson Bowen behind the plate, hitting fifth. Peyton Chattagnier, second base, hitting sixth. And then Logan Maxwell and Luke Boyers in left and center, respectively, like you said. And then hitting ninth is either Gabe Miranda or Zach Wattis playing first base. Yes. Ooh, so uh, what do you think? Awesome. Curtis Byrne played some first base on Sunday. Uh, he has a note in here, Curtis Burns, spot start midweeks, DH, so kind of backup catcher, DH, when DH when Tolly pitches, that kind of deal. I so do, what do, you, do you agree with that for the most part, based on what you saw or what you think? For the most part, as it stands right now, I think it's mostly correct, yes. Um, I think this year is going to be um, – Interesting as far as, you know, usually in the past we have like, we talk about guys before the season and we're like, oh, you know, we might see this guy split time at this position or this guy split time at this position. But then we end up with, you know, player X has 60 starts at whatever position and it pretty much just goes down, you know, through the board, down the board um, with the same guys starting every day at the same position. I think this year is going to be a little different. I think we are going to actually see more position flexibility because of a guy like Curtis Byrne, mm-hmm. who is going to be able to catch play first and DH. Yeah. Um, I do think that we do have position battles at first and second. I think second is pretty much locked up by Shatnier just because he's a fifth year guy and it would kind of be a bad look for a grad transfer to transfer into TCU and not be the starter for most of the year. Or at least at least in the beginning, right? Right. I mean, if he doesn't yeah. perform at all, then you can see a switch and it not look bad. But um, Especially if he gets beat out by a freshman. Another, yeah. an, another shout-out to the fans, fans, the people that are joining us live here on uh, YouTube, getting some good comments. Hayden is worried about the outfield defense. I uh, don't know if I agree. I think Luke Boyer's is a pretty solid defensive outfielder. Um, we'll see how he does in center. Um, I don't have any problem with Logan Maxwell on left, and left is kind of your lowest, uh, lowest, I guess, I leveraged. Hear. Yeah, low, no, <laughs> lowest leveraged uh, position in the outfield defensively. Um, we don't know Logan, anything. About, don't know anything about Jack Arthur and Wright, but I will say with Logan, you just got to keep him healthy. He will sure. get a soft tissue injury on you quick. Yep. Speaking um, of injuries, um, Carson Bowen had shoulder surgery a couple weeks ago. To hopefully scheduled and expected. Yeah. Yeah. You won't see him this fall. Nothing major, right? Um, I mean, he'll be ready when the season starts. Yeah. He yeah. just won't play fall ball. Uh, a person that won't play at all next year. Uh, our good friend Cohen Feaster had Tommy John. Dang, really? Yeah. Was that a surprise? Something that happened maybe in the summer? Do we know? That just happened a couple weeks ago. Well, he was was pretty reliable out of the pen. 
It was a surprise. That sucks, man. Well, get well soon. Sticking with pitching, uh, Travis asks if Tolley's going to continue to pitch like he did at uh, Wichita State. Do you guys see him on the mound? No, he Not pitched on Sunday. Yeah, and he gave up a bomb to uh, Curtis Byrne. But, um, yeah, we didn't see him on the mound Friday. I think it's pretty funny that he get, he hit two home runs on Sunday and then he gave up a bomb too. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, net success. Um, <laughs> Jamie has the rotation as Cole Klecker, Ben Hampton, and then um, either Peyton Tolley or Kyle I- Ayers. On Sunday with Luis Luis Rodriguez as your Tuesday guy, and that so, answers uh, our friend Jackson Day Jr. Um, on Twitter. He asked a question about number one, Tolly two about the rotation, which you just answered, mm-hmm. uh, Jacob. As well as is the outfield podcast studio complete or still under construction? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that real quick. So, um, are, how's the batter's eye look? And b- another question: Did you guys even notice we never had a batter's eye and even think about it? It did last year because of all the dead bushes. I mean, they were really dead last year. I know <laughs> yeah, I just never off. crossed my mind that we never had a batter's eye. Like, I never even thought about that. We had more of a natural batter's eye. Yeah. A natty eye. Those, uh, <laughs> those, those bushes were bigger and greener uh, before the freeze of 2022. Um, I mean, it, it makes sense why they would make a batter's eye this year. I don't know if they're planning to keep that going forward. Yeah. Oh, it's there to stay. That sucks. It's not bad. It'll give you a different broadcast angle too, a more true center field uh, broadcast angle. You're not way off to the side. Who watches games on TV? Yeah. What do I do? I'm at the fucking game. (laughs) 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 Well, when Jacob's feeling sweepy, and you know that every game, Martin. Yeah, Martin. Seventy-five percent of the games. Yeah, Martin does a good job. He doesn't come to football games, but no, I don't go to football games, and especially last year was a anomaly, and that's why I went to the most football games I've ever been to in my entire life in one year. Because we were on the Natty Run. Yeah, um, maybe that's why we're not winning this year. Martin's yeah, Martin requires Martin requires a (laughs) national championship appearance for him to show up in person. (laughs) To home games, I'll I'll go to road games. Yeah, but um, I fucking hate the batter's eye. What yeah, does it just? It looks like it kind of sticks out. Like, is it like aesthetically not pleasing to? Like, is that the issue with it? That's all I care about. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's they can put some bushes it, in the front of it. Some new ones. <laughs> It's just weird because it's new, right? You're not, you, it has never been there. I so didn't really like it. what I like the pictures and stuff that I saw. It just, it, it takes so much of your attention. Like it draws your eyes in. After, after, after one series, series we'll right. all be used to it. Yeah, exactly. you're probably Isn't right. Isn't that what but... a batter's eye is supposed to do? Draw your eye in? I thought no. it was, no. no. It's actually, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so. Our friend Adam at TC Lotus Leaves asks, are you guys looking forward to BYU messing up the weekend recap because they don't play on Sundays? You know what he's talking about, right? Yeah. Baseball. The, when we, yes. We say Thursday, but, Friday, Saturday. Yes. <laughs> we talk about the, fr- the Friday game, but we really mean the Thursday game. Yeah. Oh, I think gosh. we got better this season, right? I mean, our the first year we were doing this podcast, that, that just messed us up so bad. We were – it was Thursday. It was like Friday game, Saturday game, you know, and we were getting the days wrong all the time. Did we learn were... a juicy nugget. Um, while the schedule hasn't been released yet, you're hearing bits and pieces. There we we do have a fun weekend series with UCLA on the schedule. Home or away? Home. Okay, then that is fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Jay Johnson, we were joking. Jay Johnson will be in attendance to watch all his baby cubs. Uh, pitch for UCLA before they transfer to LSU. <laughs> awesome. Mm-hmm. That'd be a great series this year. When the joke went up. over a lot better in front of the five people in Lupton. On hey, when, uh, do we, um, when do we expect this, the uh, schedule to be out, Ray? <laughs> November 2nd. There you go. 
I um Sweet. I was clicking around on Horn Frog Blitz, and you can filter to where you only see staff comments because that's pretty much the only meaningful thing that I read in there. And so I, I clicked on the staff button and I was just scrolling through. It's all Jamie on this baseball thread. And um, he was quote, quote, tweeting, I guess, somebody else's message that said, uh, Chase Burns is in the portal. And he said, yes, yes, he is. And I'm like, wait, what the fuck? He's in the portal already. And then I realized I was way back in like June on the dates. <laughs> I thought I was about to break some serious news. There's always a chance, Jacob. <laughs> He's got to get him uh, qualified for Econ 203. Hey, they've added some transfers like recently. They added this kid, um, Preston Gamster. Juco shortstop. Tim Reynolds, catcher. I think, I think that Gamster guy's for next year. It says he's a um, – because he's not on the fall roster. Okay, maybe so. It just said it just says frogs added Paris yeah. JUCO yeah. shortstop. That tells me they add when they say added. That tells me like to this team, not it's, got a commitment. I mean, it's possible, but I think I think he's just if he does play on this team, I think he's just backup shortstop. Um, we'll, we'll button this up before our preview uh, show. Oh, sure. We're just we're just scatter shooting right now. I'm just kidding. It's, I mean, uh, uh, guys, like Jamie has, to... Jamie has so many good notes on here. He, uh, this is from the scrimmage. He he has like fifteen observations. I'll just read a couple just for fun at random, because uh, this is my first time seeing this. Hampton has really good control, but not overwhelming stuff. Fastball sits uh, high eighties. His off speed stuff was pretty good, in my opinion. Yeah, he had a he had a guy on second, and he. Uh... He threw it in the outfield, so a... I think I think what he means is his fastball is not overwhelming because his but next it, sentence is no. that fastball. It never, it never has. It never yeah, has. It never, been never has been. But when he got that runner to third base, he really shut it down. I think it was with less than two outs, and he really shut it down. And I think he struck out. He struck out the next guy, and then he, uh, I think he got the next guy to pop up. Did you? Was this from when you guys went totally hit a double off Ben Abel? Yeah. Okay. Who Ben Abel changed his number, rocking number twelve this okay. year. Um, Cameron Sos hit a home run. Did y'all mention that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Couple. Yeah, opportunities. No, there's there's a lot of good stuff on here. Couple opportunities um, to see the frogs. One of them's at home coming up on the 21st. They travel to Texas State. They'll take on the Bobcats at 11 a.m. Kind of a odd time, but I guess it's a Saturday, so that's all right. Uh, and then uh, October, uh, boys weekend. weekend road trip. Oh, sounds fun. October that's 28th. A bye week. Let's rent an RV. October 28th, uh, Frogs host Sam Houston at noon. Uh, so hopefully that doesn't conflict with uh, any any games going on. We don't have the time of the 28th yet. I think the 21st is against – was that the – that was just announced today. That was Kansas State. That's a night game, so that'll be good. Yeah. Um, oh, no, the bye week's during the home Lupton when they're here. That's oh, it the, is. Uh, Perfect. Yeah. There you go. And they also do uh, a bunch of inter-squad scrimmages between then. They'll do one at least every Friday and Sunday. And depending on what football's doing, they may do one on Saturday too. Are all those open to the public? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's go. All right. And then Purple White is the first week of November. Sweet. All right. Before we get out of here, what else we got? I think I'm good. Pretty efficient little episode. We get out of here in under an hour. Um, Potted on Monday night to avoid the Rangers tomorrow. So let's do it. Thanks. Thanks everybody for joining us live. This is a record number turnout and that's pretty good for last minute (laughs) announcement. Really appreciate the questions. It definitely makes it more fun for us. Here we go. One last question or one last comment from the crowd from Micah Lambert. Can Dykes do something like Sarlos <clears throat> and make them wear practice attire for game? Maybe pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Just put some like Russell Athletic Funky Town jerseys. Do you guys buy into the um, need to ban the chrome metallic frog helmet? No. No. I, I, nah, it's a it's a good looking hat. Keep it. I don't know if I really like it very much. You used Personally. to like it because they're not playing well. Oh, I, just wear don't think, I just don't think it's a very good-looking <laughs> helmet. It's not bad. I 
I like it better than the purple chrome. A neutral observer of the game said, you can't even tell what it is. Okay. Well, like, if you don't know. Tiffany's been yeah, watching bad Tiffany. football uniforms. Tiffany's not neutral observer. She's seen that only <laughs> a million times. <laughs> okay, boys. It's homecoming weekend. We got the BYU Cougs coming in town. Um, here's to a great weekend of college football. The weather will be fine. The beers will be flowing. Um, we'll, uh, every every weekend, uh, every home game, Garrett and I are in lot 14 if anyone wants to swing by for a beer. Um, so, Hey, if anybody – I can't go to the game this week. Uh, are you trying to sell your again. tickets? I am trying to sell my ticket, but the reason oh, is is because gosh. a very close friend of mine is getting engaged and my presence is required. How are you going to get there with no tire? Mm. I'll have it back tomorrow. <laughs> I'll have it back tomorrow. But uh, yeah, if if anybody wants to buy my ticket at cost, I got one. All right. Actually, I owe MK one. If MK wants, I'll give it to him for free. All right. I might take it for my, for my third kid. So, hey. all right, guys. Well, please uh, enjoy the weekend and go uh, soak a little before BYU comes to town. No precipitation, uh, Ray. I'm out of here. I think we're all right. <laughs> See y'all. Go Frogs. See y'all. <laughs> go Frogs. Hi, boys.